Welcome back, everyone, to another episode, another edition of Extending the Play with the great one, not Wayne Gretzky, NFL Eagles insider, John McMullen. Extending the Play is brought to you by Jacob Media, powered by Jacob Media. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast YouTube channel at Jacob Media, J-A-K-I-B Media. John writes for Sports Illustrated at SI.com as well as phillyvoice.com. You can find a lot of links to our episodes at Philly Voice and a lot of John's work in the written word there. So be sure to check both of those websites out. And if you are looking for our content, it's not hard to find. You can follow us on social media, John on Twitter at JF McMullen, myself at Ryan Rothstein 33, and the podcast at Extend the Play. Brought to you by Sirius XM Radio and Sports Map Radio. So, John, we record this on Thursday, August 6th, Thursday in the evening, that is. And it's been a day or two since we last spoke on extending the play, and a lot has happened. So, I guess we should start with some false positives. Yeah, and it, it's good that you give me the date right off the bat, so <laughs> I don't have to stumble over that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the Matthew Stafford thing was so interesting uh, because obviously, I, I, I mean, we're as you mentioned, uh, we're taping this on Thursday. This was the deadline day for the opt-outs in the NFL. Uh, turns out when all was said and done, 66 players opted out, which – I. You know, I've been saying pretty consistently a little bit more than I expected. Uh, but then again, if you think it's a 32-team league, so, you know, quick math, just about two players per team. Obviously, the Patriots got hurt the most, eight players. Eagles only had one, Marquise Goodwin. Three teams had zero. So, um, you know, there's a lot of guys who are um, comfortable uh, trying to play in this environment. We all know why. I, I mean, it's all about the money. And that's what I wrote about uh, on phillyvoice.com today. Uh, and, and part of it is the fact that uh, if you think about the calendar, Ryan, and when all this started, and, and we started talking about is the NFL going to have a, a 2020 season are they not going to have a 2020 season? You know, I was always pretty consistent said they're going to play. I mean, uh, unless the government actually shuts them down, they're going to try to play this thing. And, and then from that standpoint, uh, the league talked about early in the process, they talked about competitive equity a lot, competitive balance. That was very important to them. If you remember when they shut facilities down, well, we're not going to open facilities until everybody can open facilities. And we're not going to allow coaches uh, in the building until everybody can have coaches in the building because we want that competitive balance. And slowly as the calendar started to turn against them, things didn't improve as much as they thought they were. That's all out the window. No, no more talk about competitive equity. And that's a long-winded way of getting back to Matthew Stafford because if you look at, okay, we're early August. 
So we have this false positive. And that's a superstar player. I, I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in this league. I, I don't think people give him enough credit. He's really, really good. And he's been on a bad team for a long time. But nonetheless, it, it, imagine this happens on the Saturday before a game. And there's the false positive to the starting quarterback. So what happens, John? <laughs> I, I know it's hard to tell. What happens? But... He doesn't play. He does not play. And it, the worst part of that, and, and I actually contacted Dr. Andy Miller from the Hospital of Special Surgery uh, in New York, uh, which is one of the best hospitals in the country when it comes to sports and surgery, and he's the infectious disease specialist there. And I talked to him specifically about false positives. And he said they're rare, but they happen. It, they're going to continue to happen. And they're very troublesome. Uh, and, and I encourage everybody to read the piece because there's a lot in it. And it explains it in, in, in a very um, a defined way by one of the leading specialists in the country. And, and the problem is, I think you have this, and we've talked about this a lot, Ryan, you have this whole constituency that thinks these things are perfect. They ain't perfect. And that's where I get into this competitive balance thing. And it's not, forget about it. And whether it's fans in the stands, we talked about that as well. Uh, Some places might have fans. Some places are not going to be able to have fans. And the NFL has taken this 180 and said, well, sorry, but we're not worried about that. And if your star quarterback gets a false positive, sorry, backup's in. We're going to get this thing in because there's eight million, there's eight billion, I almost said million, eight billion at the end of the rainbow. So it doesn't matter if it's Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts, Nate Sudfeld, Kyle Lawletta, they're going to get these games in. And competitive Equity does not matter. So when I asked you, when I jumped in there real quick and I asked you what happens, I, sure, it's an easy answer. He doesn't play. But I guess what I'm getting at there with that quick question is, well, first of all, they're getting tested every day, correct? Players and personnel and coaches, et cetera. Every day they are getting tested? They are right now. Uh, and, and, and the deal that was worked out was the first two weeks, they would be tested every day. And as the numbers were down at, at, at a point where it was acceptable, and they have been, by the way, then those daily tests go, and will, will go away and it's going to be every few days. So it's going to be about three times a week. And we're headed down that road. Uh, judging by the statistics. So then it becomes even more of a problem uh, because you have to pass two tests to get back on the field. So if you have the false positive in the lines, we're very honest about it. Uh, what, what Matthew did, it was negative, negative, false positive, negative, negative, negative. They gave him three tests. And they actually put out a statement and said, and this is the second part we have to get into, Ryan, they, they actually had to say Matthew has never had COVID. He didn't pass, test positive for COVID-19. And the reason they did that, well, if you saw his wife, who's been through enough, by the way, uh, on Instagram, she posted the shaming part of it. People were shaming his family and telling him not to go outside and telling them not to expose other people and telling him how selfish they were. And that's his wife 
and his family and his wife just went through a brain surgery. Jeez. So, I, I, you know, and I, I compared it, and I know I put it in my Philly Boys column, and I said it on this show when we talked about Lane Johnson. Anybody who's just seeing invasion of the body snatchers at the very end, Donald Sutherland points and screams. That's what it's like with these people. The shaming. And, and locally, Lane Johnson is, again, we talked about this as a perfect example. These people have no idea, no idea why or where Lane Johnson contracted the virus. But they saw a video of the Offensive Line Mastermind Summit on Twitter. So the Twitter contract, contact tracers, they know. They know how he got it. And he's selfish. And then the and then he went to Cherry Hill, and I told you this. He went to Jefferson Hospital, uh, and he gave out Rita's water ice to to all the. It was Rita's fault. Been, well, yeah, I shouldn't say Rita's. <laughs> so I'll just say water. Yeah, water ice. Yeah. But the point is, he's doing something altruistic yep. to to say thank you to these people. He obviously doesn't know he had it. No. And he's getting shamed for it by people who would never do anything altruistic. Right. It disgusts me, to be perfectly honest. I know it does, John, because you're actually a a legitimate good person to your core. And that's rare to find in today's age, especially on social media. But we we went down that rabbit hole before. And that's that's something that, unfortunately, exhaustingly, is not going to go away. But now, as it relates to the false positives with Matthew Stafford, I, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is what does the NFL do to potentially make it better? And I'm not even here bashing them as it relates to the false positives. But if you're the commissioner, you evaluate everything. Something happens. And especially with this, things change as we talk about at great lengths here, hourly, daily, weekly. So do they not announce the, the results of a test right away? Do they make sure and wait until you get tested twice? Um, what needs to change, if anything, in facilities? You know, everything under that umbrella. Yeah, I, and, and that's why I talked to Dr. Miller. Uh, and, and that's sort of what you just expressed is what Kelly Stafford kind of said. If you're not sure, uh, don't announce it. But two things with that. And, and the league doesn't announce it, and teams do not announce it. Uh, but if you're put on the reserve COVID-19 list, that is not confirmation of a positive test. You either tested positive or uh, you were around somebody or exposed to somebody who had the virus. So there are people on that list league-wide uh, that come off it in a day or two because they didn't test positive. But they wanted to get they wanted to make sure that they didn't have it. And then they give them ensuing test uh, and you got to pass two to get back off the list. So it could be as early as two days. And you've seen that time and time again all over the league. Um, So that's the way they're going about it. But again, you know, these are complicated rules that have just been put into place. And obviously the casual fan, the average fan doesn't know. Uh, and that's where the shaming comes in. And that's where, oh, he's on the COVID-19 list. He's got to have the virus. Um, 
A, it's not the case, and B, I don't know how you educate people because, I mean, they don't know the injured reserve rules. It's not their fault. Uh, it, it is complicated, but uh, that's the situation we're in, and there's no real answer to it because I think this whole thing. In I've talked to, you, I've talked to you about this a lot. It, a lot of it is public relations driven. Yeah. In other words, most people think these tests are foolproof. So if you test positive, you have it. If you test negative, you don't have it. And they're not. And that's what Dr. Miller told me. If, if you've seen the, the very invasive uh, nasal swab test where it goes way up yeah. the nose yeah. and people are very uncomfortable, uh, he said, that's really good. And it's close to perfect. Uh, if everything is handled perfectly after that. So that means the specimen's got to be uh, protected. It's got to get to the lab. There's not going to be any hanky-panky from that standpoint. So that is the best-case scenario. Now, I've talked to a lot of players around the league, both Eagles and both outside of Philadelphia. Most are getting that halfway, the less invasive nasal swab, uh, which is good. It's a PCR test, but it's nowhere near perfect. And my assumption, Dr. Miller's assumption although he didn't want to go on the record with that part of it because he didn't, as doctors tend to do, he didn't uh, examine the guy. He didn't do the test, so he has no idea. Uh, if it's a false positive, he, he probably says it's that type of test. And if that happened, it's a pretty good indication it's going to happen again somewhere down the line. Ah, be sure to check out John's most recent article on Philly Voice, as he's already mentioned, but I'm just going through it now um, as it was released by by John today on August 6th on Philly Voice uh, titled John McMullen, The Folly of False Positives, Shaming and Competitive Balance, which is what John and I are, are clearly, you know, trying to work through right now on this episode of Extending the Play. So now what, John? I know I kind of already asked now what, but what has the NFL learned? Like, wh- where do they go from here with all this? Well, the NFL, and as I said, that's the competitive equity part of it. They've slowly morphed away from that because they understand it's not possible now. And and the goal doesn't change. The goal is to play the game. So you got to get to the games no matter what. And and they kind of understand, well, we got to play the games. It's not going to be fair across the board, uh, whether it is fans in the stands uh, in certain cities and, and other cities, whether it is guys false positive off the field or, or even real positive off the field. Uh, and, and there is a, a spread, whether it's eight guys opting out of one team, uh, as I mentioned with the Patriots and none opting out of, say, the Los Angeles Chargers. Clearly, there's competitive equity situations all over the place. Uh, and there are competitive advantages. Uh, disadvantages and therefore advantages for other teams and there's going to be and that's why but that but we've seen it in the nba as well in major league baseball especially with baseball i i mean you have series being canceled and then they pencil in games and i just saw today ryan the phillies and marlins are they're going to schedule them for a seven game series <laughs> With two double headers. Well, just pencil that in for a loss for the Phillies because they can't beat the Miami Marlins anyway. 
Well, yeah, and but but seven inning games tend to help the Phillies because they have no bullpen. That's true. So maybe that's helpful to get to a doubleheader. But the larger point here is forget about competitive equity. Yeah. So I, I guess if you're worried about that, uh, you're going to be really upset. Extending the play with NFL Eagles insider John McMullen. Be sure to check out his latest articles on phillyvoice.com as well as Sports Illustrated at si.com. On Twitter at JF McMullen, Ryan Rothstein33, and Extend the Play. We're also on all of the podcast platforms, including the most popular, Apple, as well as Spotify. So subscribe, rate, leave a review wherever you may be listening. Each and every review goes a long way and help grow the podcast. So, John, on one of our more recent episodes, we discussed the opt-out deadline. And guess what? That opt-out deadline was today, Thursday, August 6th. Talk about some of the takeaways there, contract impacts, and uh, anything in between. Yeah, well, I said 66 guys uh, essentially opted out. I think, you know, a heavy percentage of offensive and defensive linemen overall. Also, guys kind of strategy-wise, guys on the back end of the roster, maybe kind of understanding, looking at the depth chart, saying, yeah, I'm probably not going to make this team. I might as well get a $150,000 advance uh, on next year's salary or, or next year's potential salary. So I think you had two camps. Uh, but I, I do think it's interesting from an Eagle standpoint. Only one guy, Marquise Goodwin. I've talked to Fletcher Cox this week, Rodney McLeod, Jalen Mills. Uh, a lot of these guys, most of them, they didn't even consider – opting out and I wrote about that uh, on Sports Illustrated Uh, say what you want about the Eagles but they have built this culture uh, where the players certainly trust the organization uh, and and they don't have some of the issues or they seem to not have had some of the issues that other organizations did and I can't find anybody who even considered it and the rookies I've talked to a lot of the rookies None of those guys consider it. And that's more understanding because they want to get their foot in the door, so to speak, in the NFL. But even better guys, Brandon Graham, I mean, he had three um, uh, family members die uh, of COVID-19 early in the process. One was actually a family friend, but he considered her an aunt and um, he didn't consider it. Uh, so it, it it is pretty amazing. And even more so after Doug tested positive, because you would think maybe at that point mm-hmm. some people started to re-examine, but I can't find any evidence of it. It's crazy. And, you know, the point that I brought up on that previous episode was what's the aftermath and what's the narratives that we see. And there's going to be many, as there always are, uh, regarding players that maybe decide to opt out. Uh, as you mentioned before, John, any serious not that not that it's cases are more serious than others but the reality is that's the that is true you know if something happens where Carson Wentz's wife god forbid something happens or newborn or Carson Wentz himself and he has to opt out that case may be handled differently than a practice squad guy saying eh never mind Um, but either way those stories are, are something to follow yeah, and I think the bigger story from the league standpoint, you mentioned a quarterback. I can't 
imagine a quarterback ever opting out. Certainly no high-level quarterback did. Uh, they have such leadership. Uh, 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 it's part of their job. I mean, it's kind of sh- uh, thrown upon them. Uh, and those guys really can't even consider it. I mean, maybe it doesn't creep into their heads. And I just brought up Matthew Stafford, his wife. You know, obviously brain surgery is pretty serious, uh, tough. You mentioned Carson just had his first child. Um, you know, maybe people like that think about it, but that position demands you be there. And that's sort of – there's no, you know, nothing in writing. Nobody's going to go up to those guys and say, you have to play, but they kind of know it. It's one of those things. Yeah. You kind of know it. Everyone as and, a human and, being, you always have a decision and a choice in anything you do in life. But there are certain things where it's unwritten and you don't really have a choice, right? <laughs> exactly. And, and, and the second part of that is the coaches. There is no coaches union anymore. And, and, and they don't have a union fighting an opt-out rule like the Players Association did for the players. So – Maybe there's some assistant coaches and even head coaches. I mean, a lot of the head coaches are older and they would be more susceptible. They can't opt out. I mean, look at Doug. Doug's over 50. Um, I'm not trying to say by any stretch of the imagination, because I know a fact that he doesn't want to opt out. But imagine if he if he turned uh, if he tested positive. Uh, and it changed his mind. He can't opt out. And, and, and it's interesting when I do get to talk to Doug um, the next time, and I don't know when that's going to be because it's not as structured because he did test positive and he's not at the facility. I am going to ask him about how the Eagles handled those assistant coaches because uh, you almost have to, at least paid lip service to allowing them to opt out. Certainly I have not heard of any coach opting out the entire NFL, not an assistant, not low level. I have not heard of one. Now I can't say that with a hundred percent because I can't go through a fine tooth comb and everybody's got coaching staffs with 20, 25 people now, but I have not heard one reported. I've not seen one reported. Mm. It's uh, it's all ongoing as it has been and it will continue to be. But these stories, as we get closer to September uh, and continue to to go through the fall months here, it's we'll see what happens. That's all we can say. But the opt out deadline has come and gone now here on Thursday, August 6th. Matthew Stafford, one of the bigger, if not the biggest stories as of today in the NFL, a false positive test. Uh, for COVID-19 and that impact was interesting and we'll see how the NFL or that uh, organization the Detroit Lions handle that moving forward extending the play with NFL Eagles insider John McMullen and Ryan Rothstein subscribe on YouTube at Jacob Media J-A-K-I-B Media and all of your podcast platforms thank you everyone once again for tuning in to another episode of extending the play and John as always, I'll, I'll give you the final word here. Uh, the final word is stop shaming people. Uh, generally, when people do test positive, um, 
They're not doing it on purpose. Uh, they're not trying to get you sick and you shouldn't be screaming at them like we're in the final scene of Invasion of the Body Snatchers.